Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yo, what's up? This is your Alternative Facts for the Week. I'm Chris Payne. I'm your host as usual. We've got another artist interview episode here today. Talking with Laetitia from Vagabond, or Laetitia, a.k.a. Vagabond, from the band Vagabond. They all work. Just don't put a D at the end. It's Vagabond, not Vagabond. This is a pretty interesting talk. Uh, Laetitia's debut LP called Infinite Worlds came out uh, earlier this year. We talked about it a lot in an episode a few weeks back where I had Gabriella and James from Stereo Gum On. We talked about our favorite albums of the year so far. So thought I would have her on. Uh, This turned out to be a pretty good instructional sort of conversation. She talks about how to start your own musical project in a grassroots DIY kind of way, write music, play shows, do it all on your own, get it out there, what sort of network outside can really help you with getting this stuff in the works, because that's just what Vagabond did. kind of came in from the outside, took indie rock, took that world by surprise. She plays guitar, but also makes music and logic. So she's kind of hard to pin down, but really interesting, pushing things in some pretty neat directions. So I'm not going to talk anymore. First, here's a little bit of Vagabond's Cold Department playing us into the show so you get a feel for her, and then my interview with Laetitia. So, Laetitia, Vagabond, Hi. welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, right now, you are in between two pretty big North American tours? Yeah. How's uh, how's home life been? It's been good. Um, working on a lot of music, which is nice because I've been going for a while and I haven't really had time to stop and and just make things and, and see what works and see what doesn't. So, that's been cool. When you're on the road, are you like, oh, man, I really want to be making music right now, but life... uh." Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, I'm going to demo this as soon as we load out right now, and then I just go to sleep. (laughs) And so all of these ideas that I get randomly, I don't really... I haven't found a good way to put them down yet. So I'm usually just like, when I'm home, I work on music. Is there a song or a specific idea you're in the middle of right now? Yeah, yeah. I have a song that I'm trying to finish before the week is over. Um, 
and just have been struggling <laughs> but it's it's fine it's it's kind of constantly that way just making music by by myself essentially is just it it's a lot harder but mm. it feels like a personal rewarding thing <laughs> cool because i mean between the first cp and the album people saw some of the songs even if they had slight title changes or pretty different title changes yeah people are used to seeing your tracks sort of evolve across time yeah that's pretty cool yeah so these are vagabond songs that you're working on now yeah i'm working on vagabond songs they they have come from other projects like doing like one-off things for some people or something and just becoming into like oh okay i'm i have a reason to write this track huh. so i'm writing it and then it turns into like more vagabond songs which is cool cool like what one-offs just like hopping in the studio with someone stuff like that. yeah like doing sessions um which is something that I'm super interested in, just like songwriting. And so it's been really fun for me, Lady, to go in, into studio sessions with um, with producers, other writers, with no real objective. We're just like kind of showing each other music, um, what we're listening to, what we're into, what we're making. And we usually end up like writing a track or two by the end of it. So I've just been doing that to kind of break the the writer's block I've been feeling. Cool. And it sounds like you've been doing stuff on your own to, yeah. on the side, too. Yeah, yeah. So just co- trying to constantly make music. I don't have a ton of music to my name. I don't have a lot of music that I've written. So I'm just trying to make more and um, find out what I'm trying to do and just doing whatever comes out. Cool. Is there a specific program or instrument you've been specializing in lately? Oh, I'm, I'm like strictly Logic for now. Um, everything I make is on Logic. And I use a lot of Logic stock sounds <laughs> um it's just what i have access to right now yeah because it makes me think of on the on the album it was um the the instrumental track towards the middle of the album mm-hmm. i'm sorry i'm blanking on the name. yeah 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 that that was that sounds like a very logic heavy endeavor yeah yeah i mean it's it's a total computer song with the exception of of the synth um which like I've been using a lot of like the MS twenty and like the the Korg like bass since um, so a lot of stuff that I've been making since Malala's kind of work around those synths a lot. Cool, and there's some like sampled v- voices and some spoken words sort of collage in there. Did some mm-hmm. of those come from the you were saying those? things that come with logic oh no those are not stock sounds okay (laughs) yeah no i'm actually on that i'm actually on that song and a friend of mine eric Lippman. um i sampled his voice and a couple things that he had on this ambient track on that on that song as well and i just i like i i think a lot of people thought that that was strange a strange song to put on that record but i i like ambient music and i just wanted to see if i could make it That that came around towards the end of the process for the album, right? Yeah, it was the last the last thing I did. Huh. So this new album could be really different. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know if it's an album or what what's think, what's coming. But. Yeah. I'm just like trying to I'm I, I just wanna like put out a mixtape and just like put it like a media file link or like upload it on that piff. Okay. And 
just do whatever I want. Because there's all different ways people could differentiate between mixtape, album, playlist, if you're Drake. (laughs) So I I guess guess your definition would be the album would be like coming out like Infinite Worlds, maybe the vinyl release. And it seems the the mixtape for you would just be putting it onto the internet. It's there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and just like work... I don't want to think too much about it being cohesive or like the, the the story of it. I just want to put a bunch of songs that I'm making right now onto one thing and just throw it out there. Awesome. <laughs> so I feel like we jumped way into the future, which we is good. Did. But you've done a lot of stuff in the recent past, present. So tell me about the tour. You were you played Pitchfork Fest, yeah. probably a bigger one that you've done. You've mm-hmm. you were going around Massachusetts. A lot of this you were just talking about. Um, captured very well in a story for Noisy by a friend of the podcast, Maria Sherman. So touring Maria. life, it's out there. Check yeah. it out. But tell me about this tour. How did it go? It was really good. This was the first tour that I went on that I had headlining dates on um, more than one or like more than New York. or um, And it was really nice to see uh, what kind of people would come to those shows um, after just kind of doing a lot of support stuff. And touring is my favorite thing to do and pitchfork that was my first time going to pitchfork fest and playing it and i had the most incredible time and festivals rule i don't know i don't know if everyone feels that way but it's kind of sick yeah pitch i've been to pitchfork a bunch i didn't make it out this past year but i've been there a bunch what were some of the highlights i really loved watching jamila woods I, I was side stage for that and I was just getting my life. There's just like a whole bunch of like beautiful black women just going insane. And I was like, this is crazy. This is so cool. Um, that was one of my favorite sets. And um, Isaiah Rashad killed it. That was one of my favorite sets too. I can't even remember who else I saw, really. I just saw Solange at Panorama. Oh, yes, I saw Solange. She yeah. yeah, she was incredible. That. That's like she she would she like started twerking at one point and I was like this is insane because it's yeah she she goes from like this beautiful choreography to this beautiful twerking it's nice. and and her backing bands and they're pretty much playing their in their complicated yeah. instrument parts putting down the instrument then twerking yeah and then playing the instrument yeah, again it's so good they look like they're having so much fun. <laughs> Also, the the it, it seemed like early in the set she had maybe like five to seven backing musicians, mm-hmm. and then they just kept multiplying throughout yeah. the set. She had like a community on stage by There's the end. So many people. I like the way she introduces her band too. She's like, I've known this guy for twenty years or whatever. It's nice. For, oh, maybe a way you can start introducing your band as the band grows. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> introduce like the bassist they do like a little fun little like groovy bass part the drummer does like the hardest drumming part that they can play we kind of do that already it's kind of fun or they or they like play a sample of like something they they want sometimes when i have keys they'll just like introduce the keys player and they'll play i don't know like the twin peaks song right and it's it's whatever So you've got the the full backing bands on on the headlining tour, and you were mentioning that you were getting to see like what your fan base is like from finally, not just being the opening band, but playing shows where it's like, all right, these people, most of them, safe to say they're coming out to see me. So yeah, how would you describe your fan base? Um, they're they're dedicated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, it's cool. It's not a it's not a huge one. Um, 
but it's a it's a nice one it's a nice motivated one like the people that would come a few of the shows sold out which were a lot to my surprise um and it was a nice surprise and um it was cool to you know whenever someone encores a show i'm just kind of taken aback and so it's all that stuff is really fun and it's nice to just grow it's it's scary it's risky my record came out in february and i wanted to go on a headlining run and i wanted to bring who i wanted to bring so i'm bringing the rapper namdi and i i had to just like kind of assert myself in that position so i could do the tour that I love, you know? And so I'm really excited, however it goes. And Namdi's your drummer too, right? Namdi drummed for me for the the tour that I just got off. So he played Pitchfork. Gotcha. But I interchanged drummers often. Cool. Yeah. So t- take me through a day on tour when you're playing a show. Is it really busy with sound check, hanging around, playing the show, running to the merch table right after cleaning up the stage? Yeah, it's... um. Now it looks more like kind of hectic, wake up early, someone drives, maybe I drive, but usually I, I don't take first driving shift. Um, do I'm on the phone a lot during the day. So my, so my uh, band and whoever's traveling with me kind of takes the reins of like the, the gas and the, the driving um, for the earlier part. And then we sound check and everyone kind of does their own thing. I'm pretty... Um, I'm pretty like keep to myself so I end up just going to another room or something and just staying in there and we play the show um my really kind bassist clears up my stuff so that I can run to the merch table and then we just roll out we just like after the show's over we we go we leave we're those kind of people how are the hats selling the hats are they they sell out so fast because I hand stitched them. Oh okay. <laughs> and so there's only like a limited amount, but the hats are everyone loves the hats. Yeah, shout out to uh, Gabriella Tully Claymore. Oh, yes. from, okay, you know her. She has yes. one of the hats that she, she has the best. Yeah. those that's the only one made in that color. <laughs> The Exclusive. Black, it was black, right? Yeah, yeah. I sat in my apartment and hand stitched them. I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> 
this most recent one only went out as far as the Midwest and Kentucky. So mm. that's about it. But um, in this, uh, on my headlining tour in the fall in September, I'm doing the full U.S. again. So, cool. Yeah. What was it like with Tegan and Sarah? Those must have been massive stages. Yeah, those were huge shows. The biggest ones that I think I've ever played up until Lincoln Center, like Friday. But I... I, I really respect that whole thing. It's a whole production. They loaded in like 10 a.m. every day and just lights and stage and gear techs and the whole thing. It was it was really cool to see. It was cool to see how a band like that operates, like their whole touring thing. You know, day rooms. I didn't even know that was a thing. And yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and they also do a ton of press still. Yeah. They're really committed to that. Yeah, they do. I I I didn't grow up on Tegan and Sarah like most of the people that I know did. And so getting to know them in this context of seeing them play live is insane because you see all of these people who have been listening to them for so long and then the people who are just now listening to them like me. Mm-hmm. And it's a great show. I thought it was a great show. I feel like they appreciate someone who's fresh coming into the fandom because they're probably just so used to diehard old fans who mm. are cr- crying for like the, the the album The Con that came out like yeah. 10 years ago. And like it's probably neat for them to talk to new fans, especially because they're like recent two albums. They tried to be much poppier than they had in the past mm-hmm. and just reinvent themselves. Right. So yeah, I'm sure they appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. And they're super ear to the ground too. I was really... They would... They would come into my green room every day. We would hang every day. They would talk about, you know, all my friends, Jason, Mitski, Julie Bird. They just, like, mm. know everyone's music, and they genuinely listen to it. They love snail mail, girl pool. It's kind of wild. Sounds Maybe like they're reading me. Stereo Gum. They're, they're reading something. <laughs> <laughs> they're how, reading. How do they find you? I don't really know i think they just they're really up on it they like i i know that they're familiar with the pitchfork rising piece and then i just like they just dm'd me and then we started chatting and then it turned into a a tour thing yeah you've done a lot of i think just really interesting in-depth press pieces we we met you mentioned the rising for pitchfork the noisy tour diary and also the creative independent story yeah um, on the website, The Creative Independent, for those listening, check that one out. Kind of a backstory on how to get like, an indie DIY sort of yeah. life off the ground. So with all this great press, like what does press mean to you? I, I'm still trying to figure that out. I think I'm still trying to figure it out because there are some things like the Pitchfork Rising piece that really before being on it what I wasn't too I grew up in a whole different world grew up by like I went to college for engineering like I wasn't really clued into a lot of the things that people who have been in like live music world since they were teenagers know about and so with the pitchfork thing my whole like thought process was well this is the largest amount of people that I have talked to yet or like that will probably read this. And so I'm going to make it meaningful. And I talked about this thing that was meaningful. I was like, I'm so smart. Like, this is really good. And it just got met with like, like very varying opinions. And so I'm still trying to understand what press even is, but I just try to keep it real and whatever else it like doesn't even, I'm trying to not let it matter. Just like be 
just be real. Yeah, you've touched on a little bit where you came from, where you went to school, how you like weren't exactly raised on like Tegan and Sarah and like indie rock. But for the people listening, like go back just and summarize like where you came from, what you're about. Yeah, I've I've been living in the U.S. since I was 13 and have lived in New York the entire time. And before that, like lived in in Cameroon and that's where my family's from. But I consider myself a New Yorker at this point. I'm, you know, Mm -hmm definitely old enough to say that and it's you know went double majored in engineering at school and started playing music in 2014 when I was about to graduate and you were engineering I was in engineering student yeah Mm -hmm. cool and with making music and becoming vagabond that had a lot to do with the New York uh, DIY venue, Silent Barn, right? Yeah, yeah. Silent Barn, Shea Stadium, kind of both of those simultaneously. Because I would play there almost every weekend at one point. So the, those people are really the ones who kept talking about my music, kept talking about my project, even like even when I wasn't playing, when I wasn't around. So I I do like shots out to those people because they they kept it you know more of a thing they kept telling everyone they kept coming to shows coming to shows and bringing other people and being like you got to see this and so that that's sick yeah that's the truth yeah. was that was silent barn or shay one of the, the the first show you played i played my first show at silent barn yeah first show at silent barn and i later noticed that that's that's pretty cool because it's there's so many places to play in new york and, yeah and it's one of the the best ones totally yeah was this before you had the Persian Garden EP out? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you were playing live before you were actually yeah. releasing music. Yeah. Because to me, it was like, that's how you get better. Like, I'm not good at all. Like, I need to get better. So I have to play a bunch of shows. And I have to get not... And I was terrified. I'm very shy. And so, like, being on stage is not... Like, it's not like a skill set that I already had. And so I just want to get better at it. And this was when you had no backing band and it was just you. Yeah. So, yeah. What was that like? It was it was great. Like I am so glad that I am I am just like a lone uh, musician that sometimes has a band because playing by yourself is totally different and there's way less crutches. Even the way that I write changes um, when I'm playing by myself versus when I know I'm going to have people supporting me. So I'm glad that I did that first and not try to do it after. Was it scary at all? It was scary. Yeah, yeah. But I like I. I just have a, a strange thing and I just I the things that I want to do like I really really go in about doing it and so there was no way that I was not gonna do it yeah what what songs are you playing at this point oh my god I've been playing cold apartment floors cold apartment yeah. for so long that's the first song that I ever wrote and I can't believe I'm still playing that song um but a lot of the songs on Persian Garden, th- those are all first songs, and those are all songs that I just kept playing, and I was like, I'm not gonna stop playing these. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone from cold apartment floors to, to dropping apartment. the floors, and yeah, just oh, yeah. been the cold apartment. Yep. <laughs> yep. And probably, I mean, I've been to Silent Barn a bunch of times, and it's it's a very friendly audience to mm-hmm. play to, and probably just like looking out and seeing lots of supportive, smiling faces helped with that initial jump to oh my god i'm playing shows right yeah i mean having a like a group of people who ride so hard for you like 
even if you're not there, even if you're not as good as they're right, they're saying that you are, it definitely gives you the space to like go there. You know, it gives you the space to to like tell yourself that you are as good as they think you are, and with with that like margin you can really you can really do a lot and and yeah it's all about like the support and i haven't i haven't been there in a long time i think it's kind of a rolling um class of people and sure. there's like a whole group of young kids there and younger kids there who are like putting up their people and putting up you know and so it's cool that like a whole wave of there are a bunch of more rap shows at silent bar now which is so cool um so yeah, I, I'm definitely talking about Silent Barn at like a specific time, um, and I don't know too much of what it's like these days, but yeah. Are there certain people in the DIY community maybe who were of that upper class when you first started out who you still use as models for what you're doing? Um, I feel like I I started I entered that scene really when everyone was still planting seeds like everyone who's like making music on this really cool scale now and has a lot of show you know Mitski and mm. uh and Aaron like Porches and Greta like all of those people were um were still cultivating something at the time and so it didn't feel too much like I was like looking up to anyone uh but there are a lot of people who ran the space or who kept it. Maria Sherman, who we mentioned before, like tweeted about my EP one day. And and then like Lars from NPR tweeted, retweeted it or tweeted about something else with it. And it just became this thing. Or Liz Pelly, who would like exclusively tweet about Vagabond at one point. Mm-hmm. And so those people just like kept like was like, oh, I heard this. And that support is so tight yeah (laughs) it feels really nice and i i really love all those people did touring with allison crutchfield come out of that like connections there not really um allison told her booking agent that she was really liking my songs and um the time was right and we kind of went on and we just became friends on tour cool yeah and talking about all this and like diy music and just really starting it all yourself a lot of this you laid out in the piece with the creative independent kind of a how-to guy but is there anything now that seems especially important to tell the listeners um maybe not incredibly urgent i think i'm 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 still i'm still like figuring a lot of this out too as Mm. i go um and i just like talk i it seems I talk a lot. So I talk a lot about it as I'm going, like as I'm parsing through it in my head. Sure. So right now I don't have any definite concretes, but yeah, I'm plotting. Yeah. I was thinking maybe things like you, you've found yourself and taken note of in your head that maybe just don't see people talking about it. Like, Oh, people should know about this. I feel like a lot of what I have that reaction to, I like talked about in the piece, you know, with the booking mm-hmm. agent stuff and the, and the press stuff. Um, that kind of seems um, among my friends who are still very much like, you know, making the Bandcamp albums that people may not see that are really good, um, have a lot of questions about, about it. And so I think I answered it a lot on that piece. Cool. See what else you were meant. We were talking about touring all over and like being to so many different places of America. Like what have you learned about places you haven't been to? Like what have you learned about America lately? Um, one thing that I learned that was pretty surprising is that almost every town in this country has a, like a music community. And 
it it varies in size and it varies in in what it's into you know like boise is probably really into like dance music boise um, yeah really yeah they have a lot of like dj night like those are the shows that like sell out in boise like dj edm dance music Interesting. it's really cool huh. but then you know the like the cool people in boise who want to see like a, a rock show or a punk show or whatever else a, sh- a show with the vocals and and stuff those people come out too and i think i was surprised by that yeah so i guess you see lots of parallels between this sort of community all across yeah yeah exactly and some people i mean expanding it past the U- the u.s like i my first show in london in may you know completely sold out three months in advance and that shocked me i was like i don't understand how anyone over there even knows what is going on <laughs> how do you know who i am yeah, how do you i, I had no idea because i don't know how people really find music and like but that stuff is so cool to me because those people looked for that yeah <laughs> you know it's not like you know i'm out here on billboards in london so it was that that's really cool that you can you could be indie and smallish but there are those people who are going to show the fuck up for you yeah what is it like putting together these tours because you're you're like finding not only places to perform at but also a lot of times it's people's houses and whatnot to stay at what it's it seems like it's good to have this whole network of people all around who are on the same page yeah i i think you it's like that stuff is a lot like gear right you accumulate it over time like Mm -hmm. very few people can have all the gear that they want or like all the the best gear on just one shopping trip so all the like resources of of tour kind of comes over time before infinite worlds came out i was touring the the u.s pretty constantly on an ep for two years even if people were sick of hearing those songs i wasn't sick of playing them so i just kept being on tour and all those people are the same folks that i meet and talk to and and overseas it's a little less right like I have to stay in a hotel probably or because I don't have that same um, longevity touring there as I do in the US Mm -hmm. have you gone back to Cameroon at all to perform or is that something you've even thought of I have not um that that seems like a far-fetched dream like I I was thinking of where would that even happen (laughs) like what is there a venue for that but of course it would be cool it would be cool to do that one day um but yeah I don't know do you still have family and friends there oh yeah okay so you've got some people who would come out yeah no for sure people would come you know it'd be like (laughs) my screaming family but I don't know how feasible it actually is to plan that something to get the ball rolling on yeah yeah it maybe one day start the scene <laughs> that'd be insane <laughs> yeah so talk about what you have coming up the tour other plans maybe surprises what's what's going on yeah um i am doing my first headlining of the u.s starting september 12th and going everywhere for a month and then right after that i'm doing headlining in europe and a few festivals like london calling um pitchfork paris has an avant-garde uh two-day thing that i'm also playing i'm doing iceland in november oh awesome that's yeah. so awesome i'm i can't wait for that it's the airways festival yeah i was in iceland a couple years ago How coincidentally during the festival whoa yeah you didn't go for the festival no i, I just like went on a trip like an actual vacation oh, with my sick. friend i wasn't going as like a, to cover for Billboard. yeah oh wow how was it it was neat it's 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 just like a more 
Icelandic version of a South by. <laughs> it's like well, you walk down, like it's Reykjavik is the one big city. Right. And you walk through the downtown area, and there's just you know people playing in bars, people playing in oh. restaurants, and there was like an outerwear store, like a storefront where there was a band in, inside there performing. Just like wow. there's live music just everywhere. That's pretty cool. Well, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm excited to be in Iceland. <laughs> I see. Yeah, take lots of pictures. Hell Iceland yeah. is a uh, it's a trip. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's kind of um, one of the big things that I'm looking forward to for this year. And yeah, going to be announcing some cool, cool shit. Can I say shit? Yeah. Okay. Cool shit. You can say shit. Um, <laughs> 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 announcing some cool shit before the year's over. And yeah, definitely, you know, new music and. A New York show, finally. They have a really great sense of humor in Iceland. Yeah? They're very sarcastic. Very dry sarcasm. Ooh, I'm excited. It's, it's good. I can get down with that. <laughs> awesome. So put it all out there. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, no, I think that's all. I just want I just want everyone to come to shows. Yeah, you should also shout out your socials, handles for the people. Cool. On Twitter, at Vagabond Vagabond, no D at the end, and Instagram is the same thing, Vagabond Vagabond. Yeah, have you ever dealt with confusions with people thinking your name is Vagabond? All the time. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sur- I, I'm convinced that people don't know how to find my music right now as we speak. Why is it double Vagabond? It's just because the f- just one wasn't available. Someone had Vagabond? <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, every combination of every letter is taken. Yeah, you got to make do. You got to make it work. So awesome. add Vagabond, Vagabond. <laughs> there it is. Get the right one. No Vagabond. No Vagabond. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Ready, come back. I know you love where you are, but I think I changed my mind. Yeah, thanks so much to Leticia for coming by. Her tour, which we talked about, starts September 12th in Rhode Island and goes all over the U.S. for the next couple months. Check her Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff for dates. And also, I wouldn't be surprised if she shares some new music in the near future, as we were talking about. Wouldn't be surprised. So you heard the talk. Sounds like she's working on some neat stuff. We've got some more neat artist interviews coming up. I'm actually in the middle this week of recording a bunch of these podcast interviews out of the Billboard office. There's three that I can think of off the top of my head that are happening before August is over. So to find out who, subscribe to the show, get it every week automatically. Go to iTunes or the podcast app on your phone. Search for hashtag alternative facts, all one word. Do it, leave a star rating, write in some feedback to keep up with the show. Otherwise, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm always dropping hints on there, talking about who's coming through, giving little previews, or just riffing on whatever. Twitter handle is at plane, or just uh, search for Chris Payne. I'm the first name that comes up. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys right now. Thanks so much for listening. As always, it's a weekly podcast, and I'll see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.